0: Hello everyone. Thank you for joining us again here on another episode of Life Breath. I'm really excited to share with you today. I have a friend, Ileana, and I met her at a woman's circle, go figure. Um, (laughs) It was actually, um, I believe, full moon or cacao mixed together probably um all I know is that there was fire and she had her drum and she was um like dressed in black and maybe it was new moon I don't know but um she was just so beautiful and in the shadows and playing the drum and um I didn't get a chance to really like talk to her at all but her energy and um just how she was in the space was really beautiful and then I found her online and followed a lot of her stuff and found it to be really helpful. So I will let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about herself and what she does.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, My name is Ileana Reyes. I'm a 33-year-old mother. Um, I also am an intuitive astrologer sound healer, as Krista has mentioned, with crystal bowls, tuning forks, and also the native drum. And I also conduct cacao ceremonies. And the one you were talking about was a Samhain ceremony. So we did that for uh, last year for the Samhain. I don't know if you remember that.
0: Now I do. Now it's all coming back to me because I was posing with our friends' Halloween decorations.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. So I just wanted to remind you.
0: I appreciate that very much. I couldn't recall exactly what it was. I just remember the space and it was a beautiful space. So thank you for reminding me.
1: Yes. So as you can see, I do a lot. I do astrology and I like to do sound healing and cacao ceremonies as something to connect with the community. So astrology is more of something that I do online. And and then I want to use sound healing and cacao ceremonies to connect more people in person because I do like more of that in-person connection as well. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of like how I'm expressing my energy right now is through astrology and through sound healing and also through cacao, not only ceremonies for others, but also for myself that I do alone.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was I was reading um, a little bit about you on your website, and I'm wondering if you could just kind of give us an idea of a, a little bit about you.
1: Right. Well, I came to astrology when I was very little. So I would see this astrologer on the TV, and his name was Walter Mercado. And I was always so intrigued by him because you know, there's the news and these novelas, which is kind of like soap operas, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And then this, you know, all of a sudden this magical guy would have his own little section there um, in between the news. And to me, that was the most interesting thing to look at. This guy talking about these stars and, and what are these signs that he's talking about. And I, I asked uh, my grandmother and I think it was my grandmother or my uncle, but they told me they were like, you're a Capricorn. So I like would sit and wait with everybody and just wait for him to get to my sign. Um, as an astrologer now, I should have been listening to my rising sign. <laughs> when you listen to horoscopes, you should be listening to your rising sign. So mm. so I was not listening to Aries, but still I was listening. And even though it didn't really... Um, connect that much because he was aiming more towards adults and talking about what's gonna come up at work and all this stuff. But I'm like, I don't go to work, you know, I'm (laughs) I go to school, but I still was so interested and I would still listen to him every time he came on. And that just kind of like, you know, got the door open for me in this other realm of, you know, tarot and the mystical side of things. So I, I was very excited to get into that in my teen my teen years. So I did get into it. And then I it kind of fizzled off because I was going through so much at that time. Um, teen all the way to like, early, very early 20. It was a very rocky, rocky time. So thankfully, I was able to find it after that.
0: I've never heard that before that you said when you read horoscopes that you you actually want to listen for your rising sign. Why is that?
1: Well, when you listen to your rising, the sun is basically where your sun is on your chart, but your rising sign is where all the planets are going to be. So if I'm listening to Aries rising right now, the transits that are happening are going to position those planets exactly where they are transiting currently in your chart. If you were to do your sun sign it's not going to tell you exactly where those planets are transiting accurately so it's always best to go with the rising sign because that's going to be more of like what's going on in my life and then your moon sign would be what's going on emotionally it could be what's going on emotionally in my life and sometimes sometimes can also be linked to career so if people want to listen to their sun sign for career they can do that as well so i always listen to my rising sign because that is going to let me know all the planets and where they are currently transiting in my natal chart.
0: Mm, interesting. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I just, I, I really find it interesting. Not only just, you know, the, the transits and horoscopes, but just diving even deeper, especially with my background. Um, astrology has been like a good eye-opener and it's also like let me see what was going on especially in childhood and what's you know what am I growing from
0: Hmm. so you 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 kind of came back to astrology once you were an adult and then you were able to kind of use it and and sift through some of the things that you've already been through is that what I'm understanding
1: Yes, because when I looked at it, I, I kind of wondered why was my childhood so um, difficult? You know, I dealt with um, childhood abuse and uh, sexual abuse and then also just dealing with a bullying. So when I looked at it and I looked at my needle chart, I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if we can see that here because it's supposed to tell me about My path and my all of everything, you know, when I first, of course, that was me when I first approached it. I was like, what is this going to tell me Mm -hmm. about, you know, my life? And I did see a lot of like squares to my ascendant and a Chiron in my fourth house. That's like the wounded healer. And the fourth Mm -hmm. house is the house of home and mother. And having that there could be like mother wound, which really really resonated with me and having that wound in the home very early on so once I saw that I was like whoa I need to like dive deeper into this because it's making a lot of sense what I'm reading but I want to know more like I want to know the deeper ends than just the cookie cutter you know type of books that just tell you one thing but it won't tell you the aspects and more interpretation
0: Hmm. so you just dove right in
1: Yes, especially when I had my first born son, because I had my daughter at 18. And then I had my son at 25. And when I had him, I was in a whole different headspace, a whole different like life almost. Mm -hmm. And I was in, you know, my spirituality. And I was like, I want to raise, I want to do right, you know, uh, moving forward. And that being pregnant kind of like sparked it in me. Mm -hmm. And I came across a book Called Mom Astrology at a bookstore. And I was like, oh, wow, I can like parent my child and use astrology. Like I can parent this baby knowing their sign and what they need and knowing my sign as a parent and how I may approach things. So that really dove me into it, that book, where I wanted to use it to connect to my baby and to know, you know, maybe certain habits that they may have and how I can help as the parent based on that chart. Mm -hmm. And that child, of course, because child's not just a chart, but that's what got me going is I wanted to hypen up my parenting, you know, kind of like expand it into a cosmic world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I love about uh, your YouTube channel and some of the videos that are on there. And I know, um, as I understand it, you were going to continue to add more to that space, correct?
1: Yes, yes, I am doing the Mercury series next and I'm just kind of go down the planets and then also do the houses. So I was working on some edits for like let's say Mercury throughout all the houses. So the videos are very 101 type because when you do a child's chart or anyone's chart, you can say yes, you have Mercury in the first house, but you may have it conjuncting Saturn Which is like suppressing that Mercury where if it was alone, it would be very communicative and talkative. But when it's conjunct with Mercury, that ends up suppressing it. So you may not be as talkative. So in my videos, I always make sure to let people know this is very general. I'm not including aspects or the placement or the sign. So it could be like Mercury in Gemini or Mercury in Libra so mine's is just very basic so people can kind of get an idea and start to want to dive deeper and maybe get a chart reading or look deeper into the child's chart.
0: Yeah, I th- I thought it was perfect. Um, the, the two that are up there right now are for the moon, like where your child's um, moon sign is. And I looked up all three of my children and everything that you said on there was like exactly right for them. Um, and I, and I do kind of look at things like that, uh, through the lens of, you know, this child is an individual. And even though they are this or this or this on their chart, like you said, there's so many other variables to it. And, uh, it was still just really like the examples that you gave were just really good. And then you also, I love how you gave like practical ways to help them. So for instance, um, my one of my children has uh leo moon and you were just sharing how they love to be praised and how you can you can balance that so that they're not always you know seeking that praise but yet still give them praise so i just thought that was beautiful because that's exactly where i am with this particular child and i want to be able to support them um you know in ways that are are supportive of their design uh, but also, you know, you don't I don't I don't want to feed like the the shadow aspects or the, um, you know, the, the ego aspects of it, I guess you could say so I just thought they were really super helpful. So I'm looking forward to more of that content.
1: Yes, my son has a Leo rising and I'm also having to always encourage him um to to me it's always about cooperation which is what for him personally i find the most is where he wants to do everything like first i have to be the first one to do it and it has to be me and i'm like okay i'm like it's okay you can do it this time but then next time let's let you know your brother do it or let's let your friend do it and it's okay to take turns and let him you know be able to do that first so I'm not sitting there and saying, Hey, don't, don't try to take the spotlight. You know, I'm just sitting and just letting him know that we have to give turns. And that's kind of how I'm using it right now is we're going to give everybody a turn to do this activity. And it's okay that you're, you know, not the first one to do it. We still all see you. And we know that, you know, that you did do it the first time, mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of like letting him know in a positive because there's, they can be very critical. Um, I'm sorry, not critical, but like sensitive to criticism. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I sneak in a little compliment there while I'm trying to, you know, um give some criticism.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right. And that that's absolutely true. The same for my child, this the the criticism or the um yeah, criticism, I guess. Right. Or
1: like correction.
0: Correction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't I'm not really sure what word to use because it's it's like you want to help them and guide them through it. Um And so that's, yeah, I love that, that suggestion. And something that I also find interesting kind of going a little bit away from the topic is how a lot of women have these beautiful, not even awakening, sometimes awakening or creative, or um, they just really shift. In pregnancy and motherhood and so many things, it's like a catalyst for so much change that I don't think we ever really anticipate being how it is. but um, I just thought that was interesting that you shared that when you were pregnant, that that was when you know you really decided to you know learn more about astrology and how you could better parent through that pathway.
1: Right. I mean, I wasn't taught a very great example of parenting, so I knew obviously that I had to learn because some people have it. I mean, I have my own innate nurturing that's within me already, and that already set me up for, you know, more success. But I still had like I didn't know I had to learn a lot through books like, what do you do if your child's not listening to you? Like, I I don't know. (laughs) And that's something that I had to really like learn because what I was taught was, you know, just abuse them or just hit them and, and, you know, yell or just shove them away. And that obviously was not helpful for me. And I, you know, went through everything I went through and I was like, yeah, I don't want any of my children to go through anything and these, this lack of self-love and this insecurities and all this stuff that ended up cultivating because of that. I didn't want that to be the path for my own children.
0: Yeah. Do you think that, do you feel that you did a lot of like the healing work for yourself like before you had children? Do you feel like it's been a process even through mothering or um, cuz i find it difficult sometimes now i feel like i i showed up late to the game and i'm i'm like learning to to like reparent myself but i'm also trying to help my kids and that feels overwhelming sometimes i'm just wondering what your path has been
1: Well, with my daughter, I had her at 18. So I wasn't really, I was nowhere near like anywhere where I am now. So with her, I felt like I couldn't really because of the environment I was in and the relationship I was in, the situation. So unfortunately with her, at least until she was about eight I mean I wasn't a bad mom to her. I'm just saying right. like yeah, yeah. I wasn't, you know, like thinking what's your, you know, let me nurture you this way and and what's your moon sign and and let me see what your your needs are. None of that, you know, I was more just kind of like surviving my my situation
0: yeah.
1: and just trying to stay afloat for her and for myself. So I was in fight or flight for a lot of her upbringing at least until about 7 Six or seven. No, wait, a little bit earlier. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, probably around like five. Yes. Around four or five. And then thankfully, I was able to really take a look. At, to me, I felt like parenting has been like a big mirror to mm-hmm. myself. And it's like, whoa, I need to work on some things. And It helps me see my own triggers because I'm someone who gets overstimulated very easily. And I feel like I get overstimulated easier than other people from what I've noticed. Um, When I look at my astrology chart, I see it for sure. I have uh, my sun conjunct Uranus. My sun is conjunct Neptune. um, And and my moon is also conjunct with Uranus. And Uranus is like um, sudden, uh, erratic, and burst. So when I'm feeling anything like too quickly, my emotions just go like, like electricity, you know, it just Mm. spatters, I feel like I'm like, you know, I can burst. And that's something where I'm like, I can't allow myself to always get that way. I have to find something to balance myself out. And it's like a mirror, you know, just letting you see, hey, these are your, your little trigger points, what are we going to do about it? So that's kind of how I've taken parenting and being a mother and just realizing that I'm not perfect and I am okay with that but I am working on the things I can you know work on maybe I can working on being a little bit more relaxed or what do I need in order to feel relaxed and what can I do so I'm always looking on what's a solution and what can I do to help this situation
0: Mm. So when you have a moment where maybe you are in that overwhelm or like that, um, you know, like outburst kind of feeling and your child is in that same space, what do you do?
1: I've had had that. I'm thinking of times that that has occurred. And usually what I do is I'm like, we need space. Mm -hmm. Because to me, I always feel like I need to take a moment and a breather. So usually what I do is I've created for them like a calm corner and they've always had that since they were little. Mm -hmm. So in their calm corner, they have sensory items. Um, One of my son is really into art. So I, you know, have that in his calm corner and i'm like you're gonna go to your calm corner and i'm gonna go to mine i may not say it as super gentle you know i may (laughs) say it fast i'm like you're gonna go over there and i'm gonna go over here and you know i just kind of my room is my calm room like my calm corner Mm -hmm. and for them they do their art or my other son he's more like he needs to run or needs to do an activity so i have him i bought him like a punching bag and that gets his energy out and i found that out because of astrology he has so much fire that my other son has so much libra that he wants to do something artsy and something creative even to calm himself down that's his mm. channel and my other son his channel is more i need to do something active i need to like get this energy out this anger or this frustration so i had bought him like this little punching it was like a floating one that like stands up with air and then he would just kind of like sock it Mm And yeah, that that's, that's a kind good of idea. <laughs> yeah, that's something that was like really fast in the moment. I mean, of course, I always come to them and we talk about things. But usually once we've calmed down.
0: What do you feel has been the most helpful for you to know with each of your children or one of your children or like what what's something that you discovered and it was just like night and day the best thing?
1: Well, their charts. <laughs> I mean, I, as an astrologer, I feel like I always go back there, but I mean, for real, like their charts have, and it's not that I'm saying that you're this, you know, I'm not saying you're just this chart, but as an astrologer, I'm always looking at, you know, um, what's maybe occurring, not just a transit, but what's occurring in childhood that may wither out as an adult. And I'm looking at how can I nurture them? And I'm going to look at their moon, and I can see also how they view me. So one of them may view me as eccentric. You know, when he's an adult, he may, you know, let his friends know or something. Oh, yeah, I have an eccentric mom, a hippie mom. Then the other one views me as, oh, my God, super mom. She's the best in the world. And then the other one views me as she's stern and she's strict. So it's so it really opened my eyes how I noticed my different my relationship is different with each one. But when I looked in their charts, I'm like, oh, this is why one of them sees me this way. The other one will, you know, view me this way. And that's exactly how I am. Because if you notice, you're not the same with each child. Mm -hmm. You're a bit different. Like maybe one, you have to be more stern. And then the other one, you have to work on boundaries. And then the other one, you have to work on the opposite. Like, hey, stand up for yourself. That's my case. Like with my son that has Leo rising, I have to work on him like, overstepping others boundaries. Cause I noticed that he talks over everyone or he'll be a little bit too extra and not letting other people, you know, have a say. And I've always had to teach him like, Hey, you have to let everybody have a turn. I know you want to say what you want to say, but let's just, you know, let's just tone it down. Let's give him a second. Once he's done, then you can have a turn. And then my other son, he just kind of lets other people kind of just rule the thing and rule the show. And he just sits and it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever you guys want. Um, And I'm like, is that what you want to do? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, you have to express that. If you don't want to do it, then you have to say something. If not, you're just going to keep going along doing what you don't want to do to please everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with my daughter, it's another different um, aspect with her. It's a lot of me realizing our sinistry is really um what's the word like it's tough especially now as a teenager it's it's different than when she was a child Hmm. so I'm now even trying to figure out how can I you know work with her because there are some strong aspects that we have that are not you know they're not trines which is like flowy and there's some strong aspects that we have that are like squares which are like strong you know energy of like opposition and you know frustration and I'm trying to look at it to see how can we find a balance between this so that we're not you know she's not getting upset at me or I'm not getting upset at her so that's kind of how I found a way to parent each one by looking at everyone's needs and how I may talk to my daughter it may my other son may need a different type of communication with me
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so that's how I go about it. I know that when I'm going to have a talk, I'm like, OK, you know, I know how to talk with her. She's Mercury Virgo. We got to have details and get to the point and be very precise. And when I talk to my other son, I have to be very calm and I have to talk to him in a very more gentle voice because he gets his feelings hurt really easily. So I have to be a lot more gentle when saying anything with him.
0: So if somebody if somebody uh, comes to you and I'm just gonna say mother because I'm a mother, if a mother comes to you and says, can you read my child's chart like how because a lot of this stuff, like you've been studying it for like a really long time and I'm sure it's all kind of just like cemented in there and you're able to like recall it in the moment and think, you know just what you said, my child is this, this is how I can handle it. Um, it sounds very overwhelming to me for somebody who just knows like surface level astrology. So how do you how do you work with or or what do you suggest for a mother who gets her ch- her child's chart read? Like what's the next step after that then?
1: Well, uh, during the reading, of course, we look at. Usually the parent will come with something like, hey, my child is having struggles at school and I will pinpoint. So I usually don't go around the whole wheel unless they want to. But usually it's when they want to come and know about what can I do to nurture my child or my child I've noticed is having a lot of aggression. Where is this coming from? And Mm -hmm. that's where you usually pinpoint a certain area in the chart. And we look at a certain planet and see where that planet is, what sign it's in and what aspects it's making. And with astrology, especially with children, it's a very, like, we have to be careful. What I mean is that a lot of things haven't happened yet. So there's things that we see in the chart that haven't even manifested depending on their age. So a lot of the chart could be things that manifest when they're an adult. So Mm. we usually don't try to say, oh, this has happened and this has happened because it probably most likely hasn't in a child's chart But we can see maybe Mercury will let you know how your child will communicate best, how you can speak to them best for them to receive what it is that you're trying to communicate with them. We can also look at the moon like you saw in the YouTube video. That's usually how I would explain it. Hey, your child has a moon in Cancer. This child will want to bake with you and will want to you know, cuddle. And their emotions may fluctuate with the moon phases a lot. And you know that's kind of how i go is based on what the parent is wanting and we're going to look at the certain planet and also the aspects because again like i said cancer may be the sun the moon sign but saturn may be conjuncting cancer and
0: mm-hmm. if
1: saturn is conjuncting that may suppress that suppress that energy and that nurturing energy may be suppressed by saturn because saturn is a planet that restricts it's a heavier planet and, you know, kind of says no to things um, and, you know, work for what you want. It's kind of like that working planet. Mm. So it's, that's why I always say it's so important to get a reading because my videos are like moon and cancer. But if moon is in cancer, you know, conjunct center, and like I said, it's, it can give a different flavor. So somebody may see and be like, my child's not like that. And you're like, yeah, because we don't see, you know, the aspects that's, that's being made or, or that the moon is making and what sign it's in or, or, well, the sign or what house it's in. So that's why it's really important to dive in a little bit deeper.
0: Mm. It kind of seems like, too, that it, it might be beneficial to have a, have a reading done more than once.
1: Right. I mean, I have. I've, I've had my child's chart read more than once. Um, I've had each and every one of them, have, I've had them read because I was just studying. So I really wanted to know, there's probably stuff that I'm not seeing that another astrologer could see. And it is good to get another person's point of view because I'm so invested. They're my children that I like to get an outside astrologer, somebody that's not so attached to the chart as me. Mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe help me see something that I may be missing or not seeing, or since I'm so emotionally attached, this person can give me information that I need to hear.
0: Yeah. That's a great point because I, sometimes like I sit down to like write things out and, um, it's really easy to see it and help like other people through it. But when I'm, when I'm like, well, how do I do this in my own life? It's so much more difficult with, a spouse or your own children just for that reason, because you are so, you know, emotionally invested and, and you're at such close proximity to them all the time that I really, I really value that, um, you know, unattached or detached view from someone else. So that's a great point.
1: Yes. That's why I've got mine um, read by another astrologer. So that I didn't feel like I'm just seeing what I want to see or just focusing on something. I want to have an outside perspective.
0: Right. Right. Uh, What determines, you said that um, you can read the chart and some things haven't happened yet. How, what determines when things will happen?
1: Sometimes astrologers will look at degrees. So sometimes you'll have a, moon at 15 degrees or chiron the wounded healer at 15 degrees or 18 let's say and that could indicate that something happens that triggers that chiron wound at that 18 year or it could be 17 to 18 and 19 give it a little bit of space but something there triggers that degree at that age where that becomes activated or triggered. It could be a transit or whatever it is that goes on in the life at that time. So we look mainly at degrees and we can also look at what's called applying or separating. So you can see the moon will conjunct Saturn, but in the chart, it'll say, is it applying or is it separating? And applying will tell us that this is something that is going to be going on throughout the life. And it's something that will keep, you know, reoccurring maybe with transits. But if it's separating, that lets us know that this is something that most likely happened through childhood or through the early 20s. So like 20, 21, 22. But once that 22, 23, around there, early 20s have moved on, then you're no longer dealing with that aspect. Hmm. Yeah. So for me, I think I think off the top of my head, I think it's my son that is squaring my ascendant. And I believe it's a separating so I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I thought I had to deal with this forever. Um, and that's and a hard aspect. So I was really excited to see that uh, I did see it in childhood. But now it's starting to, you know, my 25 and, and moving forward, it has started to wither away to where I'm no longer experiencing that square energy from, you know, the sun to, to my ascendant. So I'm that's something that really was manifesting strongly when I was a child. And that's due to it being separating.
0: That's super interesting. I did not know that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I, I've taken so many courses um from the same person. I've taken with two major astrologers and I've taken their courses and I'm just like, I want to make sure that I know my stuff before I try to interpret a chart. I will take a million courses. I will study. And I because when I do a chart reading, I want to make sure that my client is getting, you know, the best that they can, at least from me. You know, they can get my perspective and they are getting the best.
0: I wanted to go a little bit. I think maybe it would be good to go from astrology to human design because they kind of. Fit in a little bit. Well, let me ask you: How do you see? How do you see them fit in together? What do you, what do you think about human designs uh, separate from astrology? Like, how do you see both of those
1: separate? It does make a lot of sense for me. Human design was like a way for me to realize more of the spiritual side of me. I was seeing it in my. Chart, so I I did see a connection. I was like, "Oh, my son is conjunct Neptune, which can give like an energy of like, you know, spiritual wooey, and also like it can make the body tired when it's conjunct with Neptune. It can make you more tired and secluded at times. Like you need to be alone to recharge. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Human Design, I found out I was a reflector. I was like, that's one hundred percent like me. When I read it, I was like, I finally felt like I could see something shorter because I felt like astrology was way more expansive. But mm. to me, just reading Reflector was like, whoa, everything in like one little thing to me, at least like not the you know profile lines or anything, just Reflector. Yes. I was like, this is all me here in this one little like couple paragraphs that I'm
0: reading. Yes, I agree with that. A hundred percent.
1: Yes, because I definitely feel a lot that I need to sleep. I'm always feeling like I need to sleep, I need to have time alone to recharge, but I felt it like I needed it more than people around me. From what Mm -hmm. I noticed, I was like, nobody else really needs as much time away as I do, because everybody else is good. And then I'm the one that's like, okay, I need to go to my room, or I need to go read a book, or I need to go somewhere to recharge myself.
0: And were you always good at like honoring that for yourself?
1: No, no, (laughs) no. Uh, Just recently, recently, I think within the last two years, uh, because I felt I read a book, there's this book on human design, and it's specifically for reflectors. Mm. And she mentioned how one of her clients were, were in college. So she had all this energy, and she would just go, go, go. But she was just picking up on everybody else's energy in college. And Mm -hmm. then when she got into her 30s, she got, like, this major crash. And that I feel like that's exactly what happened because I was in college around all these people. So I was more like, I'm going to go, I'm going to study, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do my exams. And I was always go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And then now all of a sudden I've had this massive crash where I'm just like, I cannot, I don't even know how I did the things that I did when I'm thinking back on it. I'm like, I wouldn't even be able today to, like, do, like, half of what I did then Mm, mm -hmm. and my energy then and I'm just like you know it could be age but I also feel like I've crashed like I need to really nurture myself now and honor this energy that I that I
0: have Mm. besides the rest portion and like really honoring them for yourself now what else what else has been pretty like in your face with being a reflector
1: I don't know really if it's what, what I've experienced is that I get a lot of pushback from people or I have, especially in, in my childhood, and my teen years, I got a lot of pushback. Like I couldn't be my, uh, friends with people because they would find something wrong. Hmm. And now I'm thinking like, well, did you find something that you didn't see? Like, so, did I do something that you do that maybe you don't like? So then you want to push it away? Yeah. You know, is there an aspect in me that's being reflected back to you, you know, or your own aspect being reflected, you know, like that mirror? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you're like, I don't even want to deal with it. Because I, that's my experience with a lot of people has always been like, yeah, no, it's like an automatic. We don't want to be your friend. Like, there's just something about you that we don't like. So, no. Mm-hmm. So I've always dealt with that. And, and in my family growing up, I was the black sheep. Mm -hmm. Literally, I had three sisters and one of my sisters was like the golden egg. The other one was like this rebellious, I'm going to do what I want. And my mom didn't really, she didn't really, I don't know, it was very weird. Like she didn't really put any discipline, like not strong, strong discipline. She's kind of like, all right, fine, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. and And then me, I was like, "No. She like was the hammer on me. Mm-hmm. Like the most aggressive, the most angry, the most abusive, was all towards me. Like I got the worst of her mm-hmm. and the worst of my my stepdad as well because he was the same. Like he knew not to mess with the golden child because my mom would lose it. And he knew not to mess with the other one because she could defend herself.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I was just like, I felt like I was so pressure down from little like child child mm-hmm. that I kind of like you know had that already instilled in me this fear of her and the fear of him and I just knew like don't even say anything don't speak so I'm thinking now as an adult and knowing I'm a reflector I'm thinking did I you know or ref- did they show their worst parts to me is that why they only showed me their worst parts of their personalities the darkness that inside of them that was able to come out you know towards me in the home because I was the only I am the only reflector
0: yeah as I understand it reflectors are the like smallest percentage is that correct yes I think it's a 0. 0.5 to 1 percent okay yeah um So that's, that's really interesting. And I was going to ask another question based off of that. Um, So how then have you, like knowing what you know now, how have you kind of like integrated that into yourself?
1: Well, I've come to realize that not everybody is going to receive me, you know, the way that I may want them to receive me. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of come to that conclusion that it's okay i don't need everyone because i was in that cycle of people pleasing and i just wanted people to like me or i wanted people to see you know oh look what i'm doing like are you proud you know and mm-hmm. i've kind of let i really let that go i just mm-hmm. let it go and if you like me like me and if you don't you don't and that's okay like i don't need that in order to feel okay about myself and who i am
0: mm yeah and i know that you this this has kind of come up as um in the background of a lot of these things that we've been talking about but i know that you um really value like self-love and self care and everything like that so i'm just curious about some of your favorite practices and um i can i can imagine that you probably are very much into um you know regulating your nervous system—it sounds like from what you've been through to to now, and how you've moved through like these huge things. It's—I'm sure—it's been just a lot of um, like fine-tuning yourself into coming out of the fight or flight, and really, you know, grounding yourself into your body. So,
1: I have had to learn how to do this. <laughs> I've yeah. had to grow into this and really learn through. My analogy would be the phoenix that rises through the ashes. Mm-hmm. I've had to go through so much, not only as a child, but then when I was a teenager, I got into a relationship like around 15, 16, 17, 18. I was in this relationship that was just awful. And it was very abusive as well. And I, when I look back, I see that I didn't have any self-love. I didn't have any boundaries. I was just wanting to please. And, you know, it was triggering a lot of my, a lot of my issues and a lot of my insecurities. And, you know, please don't leave, like, don't leave me. I've always felt alone as a child. So Mm. it was very eye opening. But I felt like I had to go through that in order to really awaken and be like, this is not okay. This is not the life that I want. I don't want this for me. I don't want this for my daughter. I don't want her to grow up seeing this. And I've, I just, I can't do this anymore. Like I cannot live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was have the strength enough to leave that relationship. Pretty rock, rocky. Um, <laughs> it wasn't an easy leave, but I was able to leave. And when I got into, I, I'm married now, and we've been together for eleven years. Mm. And with him, I also kind of noticed that I was like, there was moments where I felt clingy or there's moments where I felt insecure. And I was like, okay, I still have this issue. It hasn't gone away, but he wasn't triggering me, you know, like my, (laughs) like my ex was, he Mm. doesn't trigger me at all. But (laughs) just little things that I noticed, I'm like, oh, I'm getting triggered here. And I was like, I can't live like this. I have to do something. So I started like researching self-love books. I got into attachment style and I researched my own attachment style. And I realized that I was an anxious attached. Anxious attachment style was mine.
0: Mm.
1: And I was like, okay, now that I know this is my attachment style, these are my triggers, how can I help myself? So I started looking at videos on how to help an attachment style, like just (laughs) really like YouTube attachment Mm -hmm. style tips, you know, um, anxious attachment, where it stems from, and how you can help yourself. And I started practicing them every day, like one of them was using a weighted blanket. Mm. And I bought myself a weighted blanket. And I started using that when I felt, you know, any feelings of insecurity, I started questioning myself and asking myself, is this is this all in my head? Am I just, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill, just sitting and questioning yourself and taking a moment instead of just reacting Mm. or feeling this energy. And of course this is going to spill into the rest of it, but um, psychedelics has definitely was the catapult to, (laughs) to getting to self love.
0: Yeah. Yes, it was. Tell me about that.
1: Yes. Um, well to tell you about that I have to tell you about my first journey and my first journey was a pretty by accident like I didn't I mean not by accident but you know what I mean like yeah. I wasn't really like I didn't know that it was for healing or anything I was just like a friend that gave you know us uh, some some mushrooms a while back and I was like yeah all right, we're gonna have a good time. Like, this is fun. (laughs) I was like, yeah, this is gonna be great. Like, I want to take it like, this will be cool. And I took it and I was just, I was having fun. Like I was laughing. And I was like, Oh, like, this is a cool feeling. And out of nowhere, I just felt this really intense pain in my heart. Like it wasn't a physical, like, sharp pain. It was an emotional pain. Mm. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what happened? Like, I was just having such a good time. And all of a sudden, I just feel this heavy energy. And it was dark. And it was so like, I just felt like I had this massive anchor on my heart and I was Mm. just like oh well this isn't fair like (laughs) I was I didn't know either to to how to work or anything so I just sat there for the rest of my journey and I was just like this is not fair and I was crying and I was like why am I sad like I'm supposed to be having a good time didn't happen to you know my husband or anything he was fine it was just me so I was like why is it you know why is it just me And, you know, that's when I started researching uh, and I, and I read that it's actually something healing and you're supposed to do this in a healing with a facilitator and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went and I did it another time with a facilitator Mm -hmm. and that's where I got. And I started asking, you know, the question of, okay, what, what is this feeling? Cause it came up right away. Mm. the the heavy heart and
0: I was Uh, like again with with the second time
1: yes immediately so I did I wasn't expecting it to I was like maybe that was just a one-time thing but still I'm gonna go and try again but this time in this healing element this healing with the facilitator and that's where it immediately came back up and the facilitator was like why don't you ask you know what it is that talk to it. This is energy. You can speak to these. It's mystical. Like It's it's crazy. So I was like, all right, I'm going to sound crazy sitting here talking to myself. (laughs) But I was like, what is this pain and where is this coming from? And I immediately got images of a very, very old memory. So I have a very good memory. I always Mm -hmm. say I have a memory of an elephant. But Mm -hmm. I remember... And I remembered as soon as this came up, but it's not something that was in my head. It's something that if I wanted to remember, I could, I would have to go back and like think,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: this came up so clear and I was like, oh my God, I'm in my room when I was very little, like four years old, three, four five, uh, My mom would put me in the room and mm-hmm. she would have me in there by myself for hours. Like I could do anything and she would put me in there and my room was really dark we lived in like section eight. There was a very tall, small window on the side of the room. So it was like just the smallest crack. Then there was a tree. So not a light, not a lot of light mm-hmm. came into the room. So it was a very dark room. There was no toys. I remember I would like play with my shoes because that's all I had was my shoes and my bed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm in my room in like Melbourne, which was a, a city in in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm in here. Like emotionally, my child is still here, hmm. is stuck in this room. And it felt like I've never left that room. And it felt like this is what this heavy pain was. And I was like, the facilitator was like, Well, do you want to be there? I was like, no, of course, like I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Okay, well, go ahead and get out. And I was like, (laughs) I can just go? And he was like, yeah, just go. And I was like, okay. So, and and in this state, of course, with psychedelics, you see things. Mm -hmm. It's not like your regular perception that you get, like you're able to see, feel, you get images. Like I could feel myself leaving the room and just like going outside to play. Like I was five years old again. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I'm going outside to play. Like, this is great. And as soon as I did that, that pain had just left like Mm -hmm. I didn't feel it anymore and I was like you know when I left that journey I was like I had no idea that that was there this entire time all these years that was still sitting so deep embedded in me and I was like I I want to do more (laughs) 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 like I've got a lot of stuff so (laughs) I you know I had done journeys and I've you know, wasn't abusing it, of course, I'm taking it with so much respect. And I would speak to the medicine before even um, consuming, I would speak and give gratitude. And I would set my intention. And I was able to really bring out a lot of stuff, a lot of trauma, not only there, but then I went to like 10 year old me, and my mother and I got images of places that I have buried in my subconscious that has come up. And it was there to be released. And Mm. thankfully, I had my guides there. Like, I had called on them. I was like, please help me. And as soon as I called on them, like, I saw all this, everything turned white around me. Mm. And I just felt like it being showered. Like, everything was being showered in, like, white light. And I was just, like, crying out of gratitude because I was releasing, but with this showering white light. So it was incredibly healing, all of them. And I give so much gratitude because once I did that, I was able to release all these anxieties. You know, I I didn't feel anxious anymore. I didn't feel this need, you know, or this, uh, you know, feeling afraid that, oh, what happens if if somebody leaves me? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I don't feel that anymore. And I did take the attachment style quiz. I took a couple from different sites and I came out as secure attached Mm. a a couple months after. The psychedelic medicines.
0: Wow. That's, yeah, that's a beautiful story. And I love, I love that this isn't the first time that I've heard this from someone who has, um, Journeyed with, with that plant medicine is that the medicine will find you (laughs) and you don't necessarily like, because I had asked the question on a previous podcast from, from someone like, did you, did you ever use, you know, psychedelics as like a party thing? And they're like, yes, but when, when it's your time, like when you're ready and your, your soul is like, you know, it's, it's go time, like that, that medicine will work for you. Um, or will work through you, like it'll call you, it'll come for you. Um, so I just think that that's really beautiful that that was that that was your experience into like this tremendous healing and releasing. And I'm just thinking energetically, like how much life force energy is moving through you now that you have opened up those stuck areas where you know you had like these energetic emotional blockages and so I'm wondering um you know after some of these um journeys like what have you noticed other than like you said you know like the anxiety and and those kind of things had gone what were some other like big things that you noticed had changed after well
1: I forgot to mention that I also did bufo Okay. Um. And, and after Bufo, that's when I felt a lot more intuitive. I felt like I was already intuitive. But after Bufo, I felt like definitely a lot more sensitive to my environment. And Bufo just I, I asked Bufo, please take me to the healing journey, like the healing place. I'm sorry. I was like, please take me to the healing place. That's where I want to go. That's my intention. Mm. And I was just skyrocketed to some really yellow, bright blaze, vibrating, intense, geometric like um, patterns everywhere. And Mm. it was just encapsulating my whole body and just one of the most intense. It is the most intense psychedelic um, out there. But to me, I feel like it really burst my physical body and my intuitive energy. And I feel like I'm more aware of the energies around me and I act differently. So I know it's helped me more take care of myself, mm-hmm. like make self-care a priority. I have to make self-care a priority because my body feels even more sensitive to the energies around me mm-hmm. and and the energies around my space and the people I come in contact with. So now I feel like it's even more priority to cleanse myself. I do a lot of salt, salt baths. Um, I do a lot of like rituals, candles, I cleanse my space, and I cleanse my own aura. And then I always just, you know, um, center myself with some yin yoga in the morning or right before bed.
0: Mm. Because
1: I did read in the book for reflectors that it was yin yoga is something that they um, tell that reflectors that they should practice because it's really it's slower. And it's a lot more calming, which is something that we really benefit from. I've been really taking more seriously my, my boundaries also is another thing that has changed a lot and setting some really firm boundaries for myself and self-care is one of them and what I will and will not take in mm. friendships or in relationship and just in general, I have my own set of boundaries and cutting off my mother was one of them that I had to do after medicine, Mm-hmm. I had to cut her off. And in a loving way, it's not something that I was doing out of hate or anger or resentment. I just knew that she's not going to be in a place that's going to be beneficial. Like if you're not going to come to me and want to communicate with me, there is no desire to want to communicate. There's no desire to want to have a relationship. Then I don't need to continuously you know, have you sending me these messages and criticizing me for the path that I'm on and who I am as a person. That's my own boundary. And even if I have to set it on you, I I will. Yeah. And I've had to.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's like one of the really challenging things once we start moving through some of this stuff is that some of the people that have been, you know, the closest to us, maybe not, you know, in a very loving way, but definitely in a proximity way, you know, that we have a lot of uh deep weaving together through this life. And and it's just something that we kind of have to begin to untangle and then eventually separate ourselves from. And that's that's challenging, but I it's it's necessary sometimes. Right. For my own mental health, because I found that I
1: was really people pleasing with her. Like I was always that way. Just always wanting to please her. And you know, are you proud of me? And this kind of cycle that I was in. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not looking for the validation anymore. And this is who I am. And if I'm sorry that you don't like it, she's very in, you know, Christianity. Mm -hmm. And everything that I am is opposing her beliefs. So she's not very happy with my choices, but this is my journey. This is my own life. And this is how I choose to live it. And I'm not going to live it a different way just to please anyone.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This has been a, a wonderful conversation. I love everything that you've shared. And I'm just wondering, as we wrap up here, if there's anything else on your heart that you feel called to share or any insights or anything else that you would like to share with us?
1: I feel that self-love and self-care has really been a very big changer for my life, at least. I felt like putting self-love and loving yourself first is a way to let yourself free. Mm-hmm. You're no longer chained into that energy of who's going to love me and how many people are going to want me or love me. It's I always felt like it's you, at least that's what I've come to realize, that it is it's always been you. And when I did my journey, I realized that it was me. I came to save myself. Mm. I came to release my own inner child. Mm. Nobody else came and did that. It was Mm. me. And I feel like for other people, it is going to be you. The number one person that's going to love you the most and and you know be there for you it's always going to be yourself so that's why self love is always so important and making it a priority to love yourself and take care of yourself and do little ceremonies or little rituals just for yourself to honor yourself like during my menstruation i do cacao ceremonies always just me and my cards or me and a candle me outside in my backyard it's just a way to honor myself honor my my menstrual cycle honor who I am as a woman honor my womb because my womb connects to all of my ancestors all of my lineage and I want to honor that Mm. so that's how I bring that every menstrual cycle I'm honoring my cycle I slow down I don't force myself to do a lot of work I really take care of myself. That is my self-care time Mm. uh, on top of daily. But, you know, that's really where I center in on cacao and, you know, working with medicine and incorporating and weaving all that in. It is all self-love because Mm. self-love is what's really going to let you be who you really are and be who you are without having to put a facade or anything like that. Just be yourself and love yourself and set some really strong boundaries. Because that is a form of self-love.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I really like that the word honor came into that. Like you're honoring yourself. I think sometimes like, especially now that like self-care specifically has become like a buzzword almost. And that's fine because I think it's a stepping stone for people in their evolution into more deeper levels, which I would say would be like self-love and self-honoring. And just that word honor, like honoring yourself really, I don't know, it paints like a picture in my mind of just like this deep respect and compassion and love and appreciation, like all of that kind of summed up in that in that one word of honor. So I love that you that you brought that in.
1: Yes, definitely. I honor myself because I'm, I mean, as a reflector and as a human design and as a person, as a you know, a spiritual being. I know what my, what my body needs and I know what my spiritual, you know, my soul needs and I'm honoring all aspects, honoring my body by taking care of it and honoring my soul by giving it what it needs and the time that it needs to recuperate and just being patient with myself and knowing that it's okay if one day I don't do things the way I I may have intended to. And just being, you know, that's unconditional love for yourself Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've been practicing because as I do that to myself, I become a better parent and I become a better wife, and I become a better friend and and human being in general.
0: Yes. So that's
1: all helping everybody else, and that's why I find it so important to take that time to yes. you know cultivate self love because then you're pouring out all this energy and you're it's trickling down to everyone else around you, yes,
0: yeah. That's wonderful. Um, thank you so much for everything that you shared with us, and for being open and vulnerable in some of your stories that you shared. Um, I'm just wondering how people can find you or reach you if they would like to have like their child's chart read or their chart read. Or I know you have a lot, lot of other beautiful offerings as well. So where can people connect with you?
1: Yes, you guys can find me on matriarchastrology.com. I also have an Instagram with matriarchastrology.com. I kind of want to keep it all the same so that no one gets confused. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel where I will be posting not only child's chart or child series, but I'm also going to be doing adults and um, their charts and you know how to help them navigate through their charts. So matriarchastrology on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be expanding a lot on that. And I will soon have a podcast as well where I will be Yay. interviewing, yes, other astrologers and also, um, you know, just trying to reach out and teach astrology, but then also interviews. So it's going to be like a learning and teaching type of podcast where we learn and teach um, through astrology. So that will also be matriarch astrology.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for that. That sounds absolutely amazing. Everything that you have coming up. Uh, We'll keep everybody fully posted on all of that stuff. And then um, maybe later on, we could have like another follow up uh, podcast because it just sounds really exciting, everything that's coming up for you.
1: Yes, yes, I have a very big solar return when I look at my chart. And I'm just kind of going with the energy. And that's a good thing. Also, the one little last thing about yeah. astrology is when you <laughs> when you see your transits, you can see the energies and you're like, okay, you know, I see this energy and now I'm going to work with it. Mm. And instead of not knowing, sometimes you're like, what's going on? Like, why is this happening? But when you know your transit, you know how to work with it. You're like, okay, I'm going to take this time to rest because that's what my body is asking or that's what's being presented to me right now so for me I've been building a lot and I see it in my chart it's like this is time to build Mm. and I've been on the background not so much out in front but I've been building a lot recently within the past months slowly and steady on my own without Mm. saying anything and just quietly building and preparing That's awesome. So I can't wait, yes, to have another recording with you. And thank you so much also for having me on. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and sharing my journey with you and your viewers.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you to you too.